Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Regime Podcast. This is episode three, and I'm your host, Cairo. Um, Today, we decided to change up what today's topic was going to be about, and we're going to address the elephant in the room about allies and, in some cases, accomplices. So this is going to be a very interesting and a deep dive episode. So get ready. Um, And we're going to be talking about the elephant in the room, these allies. So this episode of the Regime Podcast, this is definitely for you self-proclaimed white allies and accomplices. So grab a pen and paper and get ready to take notes because this is going to be an educational moment for you for free. Um, And when you learn something after this episode, I want you to tell your family, your friends, so on and so forth about what you learned today on this podcast. If you are a white person whose white fragility is going to get in the way, whose white guilt is going to get in the way, who can't hold accountability, then this podcast is definitely not for you. It's not for sensitive people. And again, this podcast is going to address these elephants in the room with these so-called allies and accomplices. So with that being said, I'm going to address how to operate in black spaces. So there has been open doors open within a black community for a long time now where we welcome everyone inside of our community. Everyone is welcome. They're always invited to the cookout. They're always invited in our spaces. They're always invited to our culture. They're overindulging in our spaces. And this has left a vulnerable spot within a black community of white people operating in black spaces in their own comfortability. And it has become to a point where white people have become absolutely comfortable moving and operating within our own community. And when I say that, I mean by disrespecting black people, rather it's black women, black men, creating petitions in black people's names, hosting rallies and marches in black people's name, doing all of these things we did not ask them to do. And when a black person calls them out about it, they want to gaslight them and say that, well, I helped you do this. I helped you do that. I helped this and yada, 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 X, Y, and Z. This has become one of the critical points of we need to lock our gates and shut it the fuck down. Because I had enough of this and I'm constantly seeing it every day now, every day, every day. I am tired of it and I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all are tired of it. Now, I am somebody who have worked alongside white people numerous times at rallies, protests, nonprofit organizations. I'm not saying that's a problem. What a problem lies is that us as black people, we give too many people who are not black platforms. We build them up give them a voice to speak and then in that very same breath they a very same breath they overspeak us and then it becomes a cultural smudging i'm gonna say so where they feel like they got validation from black people that they can say whatever they, they can say whatever they want that they can weaponize their following if they don't agree with a black person this has become an everyday thing now and a lot of these allies are starting to do that and they go back to, well, I have I follow this and Bob Black can vouch for me. No, it does not work like that. There is no particular one voice for the black community. The black community is made up of all different black people from different backgrounds from across the world. It's not just one person that you choose to follow and they gave you validation to operate in that space. That does not give you the comfortability to go around, go in another black neighborhood and try to host rallies there. That didn't that does not give you a pass to do that at all. So. There has been a lot of stuff happening on TikTok. Those of you who don't know, I took a break from TikTok. I had to get some things in order. And we will go down that route later on on the season on the Regime Podcast. But 
I had to come back on TikTok because I had to call out a particular white famous um, influencer on TikTok by the name of Barrett Paul. Now, I have some audio from Barrett Paul, and I'm going to play that next. So this particular segment of the Regime podcast is going to be focusing on Barrett Paul. So for those of you who don't know who Barrett Paul is, Barrett Paul is a white TikTok influencer who self-portrayed himself as being a voice for black women and other women of color. His whole platform was built up off of pandering to black women. Pandering. Let me use that word again. Pandering. Now, me and a few other TikTokers saw through this man's whole agenda a couple months ago. We had private conversations about his platform that he's using them. Like, I saw it. I see it all the time. A lot of these white TikTokers use black women to build up their platforms. So I saw it. I saw it right there. He's, I, I saw that he was building up his platform using, um, using you know, rhetoric um, and regurgitating information that black men have already been saying for years. And... I saw I saw through it. And he's not the only one, by the way. He is not the only one. There are a few others, but we're there are a few others who are going to expose themselves. They do it every time. But back to this Barrett Paul. So what I particularly saw with this man is that I saw that he was building up his platform, pandering to black women. And I noticed how he was operating. I saw how he how he was operating and weaponizing his black women following. I saw it all. I saw how he would use them and he would try to argue um, back and forth for other black TikTokers, call them misogynists or gaslight them and then use his white voice to try to uplift black women. Now, this particular um, I'm going to play this part of Barrett's Paul audio of him, quote unquote, trying to apologize. And then I'm going to come back after this accountability, responsibility, and apologize for what I said in a group of text messages that are currently going around on TikTok. Initially, I got defensive, and that's my white fragility, and that's something that I have to continue to work on. It's funny that they always want to apologize once they've been caught. So those of you who don't know what Brad Paul was trying to apologize for is he was gaslighting the very same women he swore to protect and uplift, which was black women. Him, as well as another TikToker, Asian-American woman, I cannot figure out her name right now. Both were in a text message basically talking about, did you believe, do, do you think they believe the apology? Does it seem believable? And then in a the very same breath, the Asian-American woman was talking about how we're always so bitter and we're always so mad. And that we always um, are mad or upset about something even after they apologize. And we can't be satisfied even after an apology. These are Brett Paul's and this woman's text messages. These are what they say. It's crazy because <laughs> Brett Paul pandered and used this whole platform, not even just TikTok, Instagram as well, too, to try to build this platform up for his own game. And I feel like it was for a financial game because, you know, white people get endorsement deals, sponsorship deals because they're white. You know, black people who, you know, been speaking about this for years, who are advocates and community leaders don't get any type of brand deals or anything like that. But Brad Paul definitely does. I'm pretty sure he does. It's a crazy, it, it, it's the fake apology for me. And then the fact is, he couldn't even apologize on his main page. He did it on a backup page with an apology video. Brad Paul, 
a message from me to you is fuck you wholeheartedly. And I don't accept that apology. In fact, um, I went through your Instagram. I saw your little um, Insta stories. I actually want you to remove your Black Lives Matter post um, effective immediately. I want you to remove all those Black Lives Matter posts that has to deal with black community, that has to deal with anything black. Remove them. Remove them all. And no more. Don't, don't speak on a black community no more. Don't do it. We, we don't forgive you. I, I'm, I'm going to speak on, a, on behalf of the black community. We don't, we don't forgive you at all. Enough is enough. We had enough of this. And the crazy part is, is that, Brad Paul, you, is, you being a gay white man at that, is that y'all love to try to argue that y'all are oppressed just as well as black men and black women are. When the fact is, you're white. You have a privilege that black people don't have. And you can't even take accountability. And you're a coward for hiding behind a fake account for make, making a punk-ass apology video. So no, I, we, we don't forgive that. We don't forgive that at all. And then the crazy part is, after Brad Paul was going back and forth with a black woman up on TikTok, a black man called him out for it. And instead of him trying to listen to a black person when you, we try to tell you things, he wanted to go on and call that black man a misogynist. And weaponize, he tried to weaponize his black women following and tried to get them to go attack this black man is what I got from it. And it backfired on his behalf. You just, and the crazy part is, and then you gaslit black women and called a black man a misogynist for calling you out and trying to hold you accountable. You see, you tried to use your white privilege to weaponize your platform to try to get black women to turn up on this black brother. That's what you thought was going to happen. But it backfired on your end and you cowardly hid away and made a fake apology video while in the same breath was in a text message involved with another minority. And y'all both were talking crap about black people. Both of y'all was. So, no, we don't accept no apologies moving forward. And this is the problem we have now dealing with you allies, you white allies or you you people who say that y'all are allies. But in a comforting y'all own home, y'all talk crap about us. Y'all hate us. Y'all y'all demise everything about us. Y'all do this. Y'all try to do this type of work because y'all have a feel good moment. You do it because you feel like you put on a cape and you save the day. That's why you do it. That's why a lot of you white people join churches and go overseas or join a peace corps and go overseas and go to third world countries and preach about the Bible and build up and try to build up huts and stuff like that while put while pushing Western religion up on them. When these third world countries don't need to be saved. Y'all do it all the time. Y'all do it every time. We see it all the time. This whole white savior complex has got to go. This is why we're, we're tired of allies. This is exactly why. Y'all have these hidden agendas and y'all feel like y'all are saving us. And the moment we call y'all out for it, y'all want to gaslight us and tell us that we're overreacting. Or that... They, 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 they're never satisfied with an apology. We don't have to accept anything. Not one single thing from y'all. Doing things because you want, because you want to feel good about it is, is absolutely messed up. That's not the way to do it. Bear Paul, you are a coward. You're a phony and a fraud. And again, I do not accept your apology. I want you to remove anything regarding Black Lives Matter out of your bio on Instagram because your cover has been blown. You look like a clown. Enough is enough. We had enough of this.
Dear allies, I cannot stress this enough. And I want you to start, you know, spreading this message to your fellow white community. On behalf of the black community, we do not need y'all marching for us. We don't need y'all setting petitions for us. We don't need y'all trying to hold our hand and guide us in ways where you think that we don't know how to operate. We don't need that. That's where y'all mess up at. Y'all feel like black people are incapable of doing things on their own. Y'all feel like black people really need y'all and we, we have to hold y'all hand along the whole way of this fight. We don't. None of us have never asked y'all to step on a battlefield. None of us has. What we have asked y'all was to use your white privilege to dismantle the system that your ancestors built. That's what we asked y'all. Y'all fight is not on the battlefield. Y'all fight is in the comforts of your own home. Your family. You know, your racist family members that you don't talk to because they're racist and you don't feel comfortable around them. Well, guess what? Black people don't feel comfortable every day. You got the privilege to leave your home if your family is racist. You got the privilege of getting a raise in corporate America. Meanwhile, your black co-workers can't even get a pay raise. Those are where your fights are. Use your white privilege to bring down that system. Don't try to come in the streets and march with us. Don't go strap up and, you know, pull an Antifa move because we don't need y'all either. We never asked y'all for that. Y'all fighters in the comfort of y'all own home. I don't understand. Why is that so hard? Y'all do these antics all the time and y'all put black people at risk of even more danger. Y'all do it all the time. When we're marching and police are out there and our armored trucks and the National Guard is out there, they're pointing their guns at black people. Not at y'all. I done got shot in my leg. I done got my hand broken. I done got beat up, snatched up off the streets from police. All while marching around white people, too. We never asked y'all to join the fight. We asked y'all to use y'all privilege to dismantle it. Now, there's another TikToker that I want to call out. This one is a white woman. And apparently she was trying to host a March slash rally in a sundown state. And the black elderly people up in this state told her not to do it because it was dangerous. And she took it upon herself to make it seem like they disrespected her. And that because of them, they can't march. I'm going to play the audio and after, I'm going to come back. Very much in agreement. Until we were told that the black elders of Bedford did not want us to do it. And that if we did it and someone got hurt, we would be to believe. Now this TikToker goes by the name of Shelvis 2.0. Listen up here, ma'am. You are not a savior to us. You are not doing us a favor. You are not changing the outcome of how black people are going to be treated in this country. So for you to sit up here and open up your mouth, to sit up here and try to act like because of these black elder people told you not to do something, that is their fault. Why it's still a sundown state is absolutely messed up. And that shows the internalized racism that you have in your heart. Rather, you want to admit that you are racist or not. That is a form of racism of disregarding what black people are telling you what and what you shouldn't do regarding their lives. You are you're putting them in danger, period. Even more danger. It's not the fact that they have to deal with their racist neighbors. It's the fact that this town 
has a racist mayor, racist doctors, racist police officers, X, Y, and Z. So the fact that they're going, the fact that you want to disrupt this community already where these black elderly people's lives are in danger and they're walking on eggshells and have to sleep with one eye open, you're putting their lives in even more danger. This is why it's important for so-called allies to shut up and listen to what black people tell you. This was not your moment. This was not for you to, oh my God, I'm going to do it because I feel great. This was not for you. We don't need you to try to organize and protest. We don't need y'all to do that. If you want to organize and protest, then God damn it, do it. But do it within your own white community. Because guess what? White people are going to listen to black. I mean, white people are going to listen to white people over a black body any day. I've never seen a white led movement for black voices. Never. Y'all piggyback off of what black people are doing. And y'all try to operate in our spaces where we keep telling y'all, you don't need to do that. We invite you to these spaces for a reason. Not for you to do what you want and do what you feel that needs to be done. No. You're even putting our lives in even more danger because you named the town and now you're putting it on TikTok. And we all know how racist TikTok is. You're absolutely foul for that. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And this is what we're talking about when we say no more. We don't need allies anymore. Enough is enough of this. Y'all got a habit of doing things that's putting us in danger. It's sick. Absolutely sick. As we're coming to an end of the regime podcast, I'm going to end things on this note. Dear white people, if you want to help the black community, do it financially. Start donating and giving money to nonprofit organizations. Support black owned businesses. Uplift and empower black voices. Ask questions. Don't preach. Ask questions. Those are things that you can do. There are many and many and many black people on all different types of platforms, whether cash app in their bios, what their inspiring dreams is, cash app them, Venmo them, do something to help them. We don't need you to hashtag Black Lives Matter. That does absolutely nothing. That's the, that's the equivalent of you putting your fist in the air and trying to raise for solidarity. It does nothing. Start helping. When a black person says something, shut up and listen. When you learn something, spread the information. Those are things that you can do. Don't have favorites because a lot of you white people got a habit of picking your favorite activist, community organizer, and y'all follow after them. And all of us are not always correct. This is why you listen to the whole black community, not just your favorite leader. There is not one voice of a black community that leads us all. Not one. We all are together. You want to bring down this fight? Start in the comfort of your own home. Go talk to your racist parents, your racist grandparents. Go talk to your racist boss. Go stage sit-ins in corporate America. These corporate giants. Those are things that you can do to help the black community. Not try to regurgitate information that we have already been telling, telling y'all and preaching about for years. 
That's plagiarism. We're tired of that too. Stop using your platform for feel-good moments and photo ops. Nobody cares about you being at a protest. We can see through fake shit when we see it. Your fight is in the comfort of your own home. Go stage sit-ins at police stations, at the courthouse. Those are things that y'all can do. Those are things that y'all should be doing. Not black people, because it's going to get us killed. But those are things that you can still survive from. Those are things that you really need to start doing. I want to start seeing white people have white meetings and be like, hey, what as us as white people, what can we do that's going to help better the black community? Not y'all being in our space and operating in black spaces. We don't need that. We're tired of that. Take these, take this advice that I'm telling you and use that. Y'all have the power to bring down racism and systemic racism because your ancestors built it. That's it. That's literally it. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Regime Podcast, episode three. With that being said, I will say that I am looking for a co-host on the for the Regime Podcast. If you are interested, please feel free to email me. There is no resume required. So thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, peace.